0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive, Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Price and Coverage Match Limited by State Law. And we're live. What up, 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 what up? Let's see. Let me click on the YouTube tab. We're not gonna waste too much time. Try and get a couple people in the chat before we go. And I gotta retweet it from my personal account. That always helps. Robin just hit the retweet.
1: And we're gonna it's really easy to do, you know. Like retweeting. Yeah, it's not a hard act, right? Like it's it's not a a difficult endeavor. It's it's not a heavy lift, you know. (laughs) You just have to be aware.
0: (laughs) All right, here we go. Talking nets episode one seventy-six, I believe. The winning streak ends. Celtics are just better than the Nets. I, I'm used to that right now. Uh, it is what it is. Start another win streak. Keith McPherson, Hudson Flynn, Robin Lumberg. We're going to talk about the last couple games and look ahead to the next couple games and check on injuries and conversation around your Brooklyn Nets. Hit the music, Alex. We're
1: doing that Brooklyn, Nets, Brooklyn talk. Nets
0: talk right here on Talking. Brooklyn, we go hard. We go, go hard.
1: Talking Nets. Talked by Keith McPherson, Robin Lundberg, and Hudson Flynn.
0: Yes, sir. Welcome back to Talking Nets. I feel like it's been a while, but it hasn't been a while. We did do an episode on friday and then i think i plan to come back on monday aaron judge is a yankee i don't know things are crazy i feel like i'm still adjusting from being in uh amsterdam and the baseball world now back to the nets world how are you guys doing hudson flynn how are you feeling first off
2: I'm feeling better than I did on Monday uh if I if I if I can be completely honest I was worried I thought I had a little bit of a covid scare ended up not being covid but I lost my voice so uh I'm glad we were able to push until today because uh would not have been a good a good recording situation if I had gone on Monday
0: Quarantine you, you you in the you in
2: the quarantine for uh 14 days I thought I was going to be I really did I really did I don't know I had all the symptoms I had the cough I had the brain fog and then it just Cleared up, negative test, feels Got good. Out of the protocol, the health and safety protocol.
1: Aren't we at the point where, like, and I say this with all due respect to how big a deal it was, and and how many people lost their lives, but like in the current version of COVID, it's now being sick in a sense, because Anthony Davis plays the first quarter the other day before he leaves with flu-like symptoms. You know, Rudy Gobert, the whole league shut down. (laughs) When that happened now, it's like you're back to trying to power through and you might get all your coworkers sick.
0: In hindsight, it was always just being sick. (laughs) All right, man. Back to, obviously, the topics at hand. Episode 176, when we last talked to you, it was Friday night. And we were going into that uh, Raptors game. And all was well. The Nets were winning. They were looking good again. And they go out and they do what they're supposed to do against the Raptors. And honestly, they kicked their ass. It wasn't close. In the first quarter, it was 41-17. And then they slowed down a little bit. But it didn't matter. Everyone in the world knew that that game was over. So I guess quickly we can touch on The 114-105 win against the Toronto Raptors. They The Raptors, I don't know what's up with them. I don't really care what's up with with them. They do not look like the team they used to be, and they don't have all the same guys. But Kevin Durant goes out there, uh, does what he does. It wasn't even a Kevin Durant night. He has 17. I think that was the night that he didn't hit 25, or maybe that was two games ago. But Kyrie has 27. Joe Harris is hitting shots. He has 17. Nick Claxton with 15 and, and nine rebounds. Royce O'Neal, a team win. And the debut of TJ Warren, who uh, I put a tweet out. I was like, I was ready to be patient with TJ Warren. Like this was Ben Simmons. This ain't that. TJ Warren is ready to roll.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the, probably the biggest story from that game. And it feels so far away now. I, the way I would describe the, the Nets is at this moment, mid is the, the word de jour that everybody likes. The the Nets right now are upper mid, you know, like upper middle class used to be a a thing people people say or or a designation. I don't know if people still use it, but teams like, you know, the Hornets who they got tonight, they should absolutely beat. A team like the Raptors, they should absolutely beat. And then it seems when they play a team like the Celtics, they're not able to beat them. So I think the, the question remains how much of the gap can they close if they're above, if they're a level above the Raptors, but a level below the Celtics, how much of that gap can they close between Boston and themselves?
2: Yeah. And obviously TJ Warren, uh, big step uh, in that direction. It was interesting in this Raptors game, uh, we had the performance that I was kind of hoping we would have against the Celtics. Obviously you're playing against a higher caliber opposition, but what I liked in this Raptors game was that you had multiple, multiple players over 10 points. I mean, going through the box score, Royce puts up 11, Claxton puts up 15, Joe Harris, as a basketball player, again, puts up 17, along with Kevin Durant's 17, and TJ Warren's 10. All of those players, aside from a Kyrie Irving who put up 27, I mean, that's a great recipe, right? That's a great recipe for a good team win. And at the end of the day, the Nets are not a team, and as much as we wish we were, as much as we want to be, that can rely solely on one, one and a half, two players to win them games, to, to completely... Uh, beat any level of opposition in the league we're not we're just not there anymore thinking all the way back to the the series loss against the bucks when Kevin Durant's foot was on the line that was what we were asking KD to do maybe we could do it then we can't do it now and not to jump ahead but looking at a Celtics game where I think we might have had two three players about in double figures uh we, we we clearly had opposite problems and it was a good sign for hopefully what can come, but uh, didn't against the Celtics. Uh, I'm glad you started to talk about the team, right? And the team around
0: KD. Yeah, KD might be playing like an MVP, but I think this is the best team around him. I've been on record saying that. I know there's been a lot of roster turnover and different guys in the last three to four years in Brooklyn, but there's a, a few guys around Kevin Durant this year where if they're healthy and he's healthy... Uh, You don't need him to necessarily go for 40 every night. During this win streak, four-game win streak, yeah, he did that a couple times, and it's great to have that as a weapon, right? You know, KD can save you, but they're moving the ball around. They're playing the right kind of basketball, and I think the kudos goes to Jacques Vaughn, right? We talk about the last couple years in the rosters. Maybe those rosters would be, be better if it wasn't Steve Nash constructing them or not constructing them, Sean Marks constructed them but constructing the rotations and deciding who plays when and where and what. So uh, I'm, I'm still tipping my cap to Jacques Vaughn. I think he he does the most with his um, post-game uh, press conferences where it, it's like it's not authentic. He was talking about his heartbeat during the USA match versus his wife's heartbeat watching Hallmark Christmas movies. And I was like, I don't know where you're going with this, bro. You're losing me we just want to beat the Celtics. And that's a segue into the Celtics game Uh, Sunday in Brooklyn, you know, good vibes. Uh, I feel like the fans are going back to the arena. This whole homestand has been sold out. The fans are going to the arena. It's like that little bit of a dark cloud has passed. And now the nets are winning again. They're looking like a team. It's all about basketball. And uh, Sunday is usually a family day and you get a, primetime matchup you get Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown coming back to Barclays center and I had the thought Sunday like they've been dominating the Nets now for two years the Nets haven't dominated them since that series in 2021 where or 2020 now where you had James Harden and the big three what were you guys thinking about the Celtics matchup it was a test for the Nets that they did not pass there were parts of the game where you felt a little more confident but all in all, the Celtics are a better team. They're a cut above the Nets, in my opinion.
1: Well, the Celtics might be the best team in the league, right? I mean, yeah. they're, they're right there. Um, yeah, the, the Nets are, are clearly a level below Boston. I didn't think they played that poorly, though, in that game. I think there were a couple of areas that they needed to clean up. You know, Kevin Durant has a turnover problem against Boston, yep. it didn't really manifest itself until late in that game, but that's something, you know, we've talked about this, I think since we started this show about him being a little tighter with the basketball, a little stronger with, with the basketball. Uh, Kyrie Irving did not play very well in that game, or at least he didn't shoot the ball very well in that game. And, and the, the Nets are not going to have a chance when Katie's turning the ball over eight times and, and Kyrie isn't shooting well from the floor, right? But the the two areas that that I think really hurt them in that game in particular, were the turnovers and were the transition opportunities that they didn't convert. You know, they had a lot of – and this Nets team has this a lot, and and it's kind of annoying to me, a lot of times where they have these swing plays that go against them where you think, oh, it's going to be a dunk or a layup, or, oh, it's going to be an open three, or, oh, they're going to get the loose ball, and it turns out to be a point for the other team, or, you know, a backbreaking play for the other team. And I don't want to make injury excuses because we've been doing that with this team for years now. And the Celtics didn't have Marcus Smart. They didn't have Robert Williams. So I'm not saying that when whole, the Nets are as good as the Celtics. I'm not saying that. They have to prove a lot. But I think this is a game where they miss Ben Simmons because one of the things that Ben Simmons does very well is push the ball in transition and find guys for shots. Mm-hmm. So instead of it being Royce O'Neill trying to complete the play in transition, it could be Ben Simmons. So, And I, I think Yuta Watanabe helps in, in that regard too because he, he gets the boards and, and he goes and, and he he fills lanes in, in the right way and he spaces the floor in the right way because I think if, if some of those transition opportunities were actually converted, it's a much closer game. The only other small thing I would note, and maybe this is something Jacques Vaughn can, can work toward, and I think I, I do see him campaigning, for that is is getting katie the calls because as much as katie needed to take care of the basketball a little bit better he also could benefit from a little bit better of a, a whistle and if if the team or oh, the opposition piles up fouls early gets into the penalty stuff like that or you know he, he sells for the calls like some of these other guys do may, maybe that can help the, the nets in future games
2: yeah absolutely and obviously your point on injuries i think is is well taken and we've been talking about it for a while I, almost unrelated to other things I was gonna I was gonna say, but did you guys see Nets Daily throughout a statistic that the Nets have not had a clean injury report since before the clean sweep summer? <laughs> Makes not, perfect sense. Not a single time has have the Nets Sounds not right. had any injuries uh, on the on the on the report. And obviously you have Katie's Achilles. So like, there's a bunch of things that like compound. Yeah, and, to make and they've that. had some ridiculous uh, Kyrie um, lines, right. like right. <laughs> Because that fits in discipline. the injury report
0: as well. Um, I don't even want to go through. <laughs> but
2: it, 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 it's tough, though, because you can't rely on the Nets. You certainly can't rely on the Nets to have a clean bill of health, right? So you're going to have to, and Jacques Vaughn is going to have to, uh, make do with the roster that you're able to put on the court. And I think that's really good for someone like Jacques Vaughn because he is someone who shows some tactical flexibility. Um, it's Something that we did not really see at all under Steve Nash. It's really good to see someone who can think on the fly a little bit. There are lots of changes that he is willing to make, but I think the biggest one, and this may be more of a roster construction uh, discussion, but there really isn't, I mean, in any given night, and I don't even put a healthy Ben Simmons, as we've seen so far into this category, a tertiary scorer. Because when you look at a game like this Celtics game, we did hold them to 103 points. That's not, you know, a phenomenal defensive performance, but it's a for defensive performance where you can and should be able to, if you're the Nets, rely on your offense to at least make that a, a, a close enough game. And I think that's something that we're going to need to be able to do in the future is is close those gaps with someone who can consistently score the ball aside from Katie and Kyrie because the dream of not being other teams not being able to throw doubles onto those players and force bad shots out of, you know, secondary players uh, isn't really there. Uh, anymore, So I'm going to be interested to see how we address that problem because it seems to be a repeating problem against better
1: teams. Well, TJ Warren is is the guy, like, maybe it's asking too much, but he's the guy best suited on the roster. Yeah. As of right now, role. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Keith mentioned he came back and has and looked good, but it's going to be weeks, I think, before you see him fully confident where, you know, sometimes you see these guys who are just back, they don't have the confidence to take that that extra dribble and just go up strong and they get caught in no man's land a little bit. And I think that's the the development you'll see from TJ Warren because he's the kind of guy who can score from from all three levels when he's really got it going. So uh, that, that's one of those hopes. I also didn't mention Edmund Sumner, who I think should be the backup point guard. I think Cam Thomas needs to be out of the rotation. Um, he is is not helping in any way, shape or form. He's a chucker uh doesn't see the floor well isn't looks even, off KD. <laughs> isn't even he's not even scoring when he's looks in there KD. I don't know why KD likes three. him so much.
2: <laughs> I like I have a lot of faith in Kevin Durant's basketball knowledge and knowing who's a good player and who isn't. But Katie really loves Cam Thomas, and it's I have not Kobe seen The Kobe connection
0: yet. because they're both Kobe guys. But that but clip, but so that, so
2: is everybody. Everybody's, yeah, a, Kobe everybody's
0: guy. a Kobe guy. You can't really watch basketball and act like you're not a Kobe fan. But Cam, that clip of Cam shooting the three on the on the right wing after like Kevin Durant is at the top, like with his hand out, like you could pass me the ball, bro. It's all good. But when you're talking about scoring points, and you look at that box score between Cam. Seth and TJ Warren. That's 12 points. (laughs) That's three guys. That's 12 points off the bench. And that's a combined that's over 30 minutes of of time with 12 points. It's not going to it's not going to do it against a team like the Celtics. Their defense is tough and they got a lot of guys coming off that bench versus uh, us. You know, I I think I saw your tweet, Robin, about uh, Malcolm Brogdon. You know,
1: they. uh, Did you say something about them getting him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a a really big pickup for them. I mean, look, Malcolm Brogdon would be the third best player on the Nets, right? (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I kind of forgot that they even made that move, and I'm like, oh yeah, like that was a quiet move. Here's another move they made that really didn't do shit for him. But uh, of course, we made a tribute video for him, Blake Griffin and the Blue Collar Boys. I don't know. I don't know
2: about. I don't know about Blake
0: Griffin tribute. Was that
2: for? Was who did that? Whose idea was that? Josai? They just got. I guess they've got. They've got a lot of video editors on the staff. They got to get them some reps. Well, he was was actually a good video, but like it. It just for what he
1: was fresh. (laughs) He just was there. What is the? What is the cutoff? That like is – You know, there are certain standards. Where, uh, one he of dunked the things, on
0: Giannis because he dunked on Giannis.
1: i i don't you guys i don't think of wrestling guys like i am but the like the wwe hall of fame is very easy to get into like Doink the clown is in the wwe hall of fame i guess the, the video tribute game is very easy to so, get so
2: so is bruce brown getting a tribute i mean he's got yeah. it right <laughs> no nah, they don't no, love bruce I, I, i'm, I'm <laughs> saying by that standard although that bruce brown interview wasn't wasn't maybe the best look i i will say Against the Celtics last year, where, when Bruce Brown you know, basically no the uh, the the interview. Did you see Bruce Brown like? Came oh out yeah, that he yeah. thought
0: the Nets were gonna were gonna re-sign him, and he's been balling lately. So yeah. you know, Nets fans are looking at Bruce like, yeah. oh, we should still have him, but whatever. I was over him on this team. I'm traumatized uh, from him missing that layup in Milwaukee a couple years back. Like he was to me, he was okay. He was mid though, like next to KD and Kyrie, he wasn't the answer. Um, he did a, a lot of little things, but, like, when Bruce gets going, he's getting going in a loss. Like, you're you're still taking L's while Bruce is doing his thing,
1: so it was never going to work here. That perimeter defense could help a little bit. I mean, look, it, it's it's also the, the energy and, and stuff he brings. That The, the defense, though, it, if we're giving the team credit, the defense was good. I mean, they, they played Boston. Boston right now has the best offensive efficiency in the history of the sport. So that, that Celtics team right now, is the number one offense that has ever played the game statistically Tatum and
0: brown they're just ridiculous together and all and no those one, guys derrick no white
1: grant no williams guard, no one could guard jalen brown right that was for sure but the nets had their worst offensive game of the season and you know that's when it, it becomes problematic as much as joe harris has played better he's making 18 million dollars so we we shouldn't be treating him like, you know, somebody being graded on a curb. Like, oh, good. Oh, good. Joe made a shot. Like, he's making $18 million. And, and Ben Simmons is – they're going to need him. You know, the 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 ceiling for this team, for it to be met, Ben Simmons is going to have to play like a, a star. He's going to have to play like a star.
0: Robin, I'm following you. I'm glad you said that because I was feeling that way with, with Joe because it's like he has flashes of being Joey Buckets and hitting shots and other flashes of just being cooked. Like, I understand patience with the guy. Uh, it's been over a year since he had that injury. Uh, we, we got Ben out, and we got to be patient with him. It's early, but when is it going to be not early anymore? Like, after Christmas, when is it like, no, this team needs to click, and everybody needs to be playing to their potential, or moves got to be made, deals got to be made. I, I I think either way, trades got to get made. But I feel you with, with, like, Joe Harris not celebrating that, like he had 13 points and made a couple threes. Like, he's supposed to be an assassin. He's supposed to be a sharpshooter. He's supposed to be out there knocking down three threes a game, four threes a game
2: on average. I mean, that's the whole way the Nets are supposed to be constructed, right? I mean, the, the Celtics are doing all this great stuff because they have maybe perfected a two-man offense. Uh, I, I think with efficiency numbers like that, it's kind of hard to say otherwise. Uh, the Nets need to be that kind of team where you can have enough um, you know, magnetism on the ball from Katie and Kyrie that you get these shooters who are supposed to be like historically good shooters, suppo- like Seth Curry and, and Joe Harris are supposed to be the truth from three point hitting nearly 50% of their shots from three. That's how that offense is supposed to be constructed. That's how it's supposed to work. And it's, I don't know, it, it feels a little silly to watch it. And I don't know. I don't know if you guys have this feeling with Joe Harris, but I don't feel any more confident when he's shooting an open three versus a contested three. It's all, it's all I, in his head. It's all in his head yeah. to me.
1: I expect him to miss every three he needs to hit. <laughs> I like don't. Like,
0: if he catches it in confidence and in rhythm and goes up and it
1: looks clean, good. But sometimes you can tell it's just going to clank off the rim. But, but the, the problem is, if he doesn't get the three, he's got no dribble pull-up game. He's got no ability to get to the rack and finish. Every time he gets to the rack, he's getting shot blocked. I feel like he used blocked. to. I feel like, like,
0: like the, the Joe Harris we know – before the clean sweep, at the end of the games, he was Joey Fundamentals. That's why we call him Joey Buckets because he had more in his bag than just the three-point shot. It's not there anymore.
1: I mean, maybe it's the ankle injuries or or whatever. And that's one of the reasons I'm going to keep bringing up Ben Simmons because I I do think, and and I'm not saying I have the confidence in this necessarily, and and I'm a little worried about his durability at this point. But when you take even the stars, right, like Kevin Durant is not scoring near near the rim. Kevin Durant's the majority of his points are actually coming in the mid range. He's probably the the best mid range shooter in in the NBA, if not of all time, right? Like those 18 foot jump shots, those pull-up games. And of course, threes Kyrie who has from what I'm watching bought in is, is playing like he's part of the team and and is competing, but he's never getting, he's not getting to the rack. He's not breaking guys down and getting to the rack. He's taking tough dribble pull-ups. So what that means is that you're lacking the, the breakdown and leaving the defense scrambling ability. And the best guy to fill that is Ben, because Ben has at least shown when he was right during that little stretch, The you know he pushes the ball, he gets into the teeth of the defense, and then he kicks it out, which leads to the open shots for other guys. He's also the, the best threat as far as a straight line driver to get to the cup and to the rim. Because even with Katie and Kyrie, as brilliant as they are as – as isolation maestros and scorers, they're not putting pressure on the defense as far as their head down and and getting to the cup.
0: So Ben is supposed to be back Friday. They said Utah maybe Friday. If not Friday, then definitely Saturday. Uh, You need those guys. I mean, you need the guys on the roster. And at least now we're in December, where who else are we waiting on? You know, um, TJ Warren is active. Uh, Patty Mills is a question I, I wanted to throw out here. Now I think this is the second episode, maybe the third episode we've been talking about Patty Mills' DMPs. It is odd. It was a little peculiar. Uh, I know we can't put him in the you know spot of Seth Curry and Joe Harris as far as shooting, but last year he was lighting it up. He was setting you know records for shooting threes. But for some reason now, and I don't mind it, because I just think he's a liability on defense. And when he's cold, he's cold. Um, And and Patty, I always looked at as a little pest, no disrespect. But when he was with the Spurs, he was like that pest that came off the bench, high energy, running around. You can't guard him. Next thing you know, he's open. He's he's hitting threes. And then you look up, five minutes is passed. He's knocked down, you know, three threes. He's not playing in Jacques Vaughn's system. He's getting DMPs, but (laughs) he's a Sean Marks guy. He's an Australian guy, got the connection with Ben Simmons. Sean Marks brought him back and paid him and he's just not playing. How do you guys feel
2: about that? You think do you think that he gets moved or do you think that he stays because he is a Sean Marks guy? I mean, from a roster construction perspective, he can't stay if he's going to keep picking up DNPs. That's right. a waste of money, it's a waste of a roster spot. Honestly, it's a waste of a player that could be valuable elsewhere. I mean, a veteran you know, like there are teams that are going to want him. It's going to be up to Sean Marks to either move him or have a discussion with Jacques Vaughn about how they can play him. But if the decision is that they can't, if the decision that he's going to be picking up DNPs, we, we should have Kessler Edwards or a- et al., you know, any of the G League nets picking up DNPs on this bench, not someone like Patty Mills who either should be starting or should be off the team.
1: See, I'd be more apt to move Seth Curry uh, because he has more value. the open market and and here's the the real fundamental issue here that you're dealing with is Kyrie Irving Cam Thomas Patty Mills Seth Curry all undersized guards like that's that's four undersized guards on the rot that's a quarter of your roster you know that is that is undersized guards you want to play you want to put Edmund Sumner. I wouldn't call Edmund Sumner undersized because I don't think he's undersized for his position And, and I like what Sumner brings because I think he's the best point of attack defender that the team has You know, like I think they're they're missing him a little bit in these last few games as far as a guy who can uh, put pressure on the opposing team's ball handlers, maybe turn them over, maybe get it going out in transition. And he's another guy like I was just talking about with Ben, but in a different way, he's a blur. He can get to the, the front of the rim, but you just simply cannot play Seth Curry, Kyrie Irving, Cam Thomas and Patty Mills. And so when you're looking at trades, I just don't think Patty has much value. I think Patty's here as a culture guy. So I wouldn't be, um, again, I'm not saying I want Seth gone or anything, but I wouldn't be against the idea of shopping Seth if you can get more need back in that, that spot, considering they have too many players who are, are kind of similar in that sense.
0: We shall see. I don't expect him to get moved. Like you said, he doesn't have that much value. He's a little bit older. He's a Sean Marks guy. Uh, from what I heard, I remember I was on Maggie and Perloff, and uh, Andrew Perloff said that he's like the mayor in Brooklyn, wherever he lives in his neighborhood or apartment building. I'm like, Oh great. And that was last year. Um, so, so maybe he's, he's, uh, he's settled in Brooklyn and we got to wait and see what happens with that. But other than that, man, I was watching the game and, uh, you know, I was wondering, you know, Kyrie usually has a chip on his shoulder against the Boston Celtics. Maybe that is done away. Maybe that is not, uh, you know, in the front of his head anymore. He had 40 minutes, he played 40 minutes. He had 18 points. He was seven of 21. Um, I said it must be the shoes. So Nike is officially done with Kyrie. I have four pairs of Kyrie sneakers under my bed. And if you look online, they're half price on Nike.com. If you go to Nike.com and you want to get some (laughs) new Kyries, they are trying to get rid of them uh, as they prepare for the arrival of a new Ja Morant sneaker. What do you guys think about that?
1: Well, I mean, I think – Look, we had, that was obvious. It was coming right once they uh, once they paused their relationship with him, that they weren't going to go back. Once and, Phil Knight spoke. Yeah. Uh, we see uh, Kai's 33 writes in. Is it possible to get value for Kyrie? Are we resigned to letting him walk after this year? I don't think any shoe company is going to pick him up personally. He's I, gonna I don't make believe- his own
0: or Puma takes him.
1: Well, maybe in the off season. I, I, I think these companies are going to wait to see how the rest of this year goes and, and what happens with him, where he's at in his career and, and where he's at from a, a team and a market standpoint. And and obviously the Nets. This is not an insult. I'm not trying to be you know Kyrie hate or anything like that. Obviously the Nets have to be doing their due diligence diligence to see if there's a trade market for Kyrie. He's not under contract beyond this year. I don't think any of us believe the Nets are going to sign him to a long term extension. Right. So. If you take those, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you take those two things together, uh, how do you not look to try and trade him right now and, and see if there's any value while he he's currently active so. and, and on the floor before the next, you know, the DNP sister's birthday, DNP anti-Semitic link. Who knows what the, the next DNP? You never
0: know on. Nets. You never know with Kyrie. I, I think they are trying to find a place to send him, but right now. Who's trying to take him on with what you just said? You never know. We don't know what's gonna happen next. Imagine you make a trade for Kyrie and he says or does something in the wrong kind of city that just like immediately <laughs> offends. I don't know. You 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 can't, but I I at this point with Kyrie, uh, I'm just like, whatever happens, happens. If they do trade him, cool. If he does ball out, cool. Uh I just am glad that he's keeping it to basketball, but he's not like. He still posted things on his Instagram. It's been, it's and where, been like
2: three weeks. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not I, ready. Yeah, I know, but I'm not I see, ready to make that call.
0: I see some of the things that he posts on social media, and I'm like, he can't help himself. Yeah. He's got to put out this, like, deeper message. And I'm like, bro, tread lightly because I'm looking at it like you, you, you're going to post something that's going to cross
1: some kind of line. We don't need it again. Leave the social media alone. Are those messages deep or are they like they are under the disguise of deep? They're the guys of deep, right? Like I, deep. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what he says. Does anyone understand what he's saying?
2: I, I mean, I don't know. This is, this I, is all matrix. A, I, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I've been a Nets fan You guys my are whole stuck life, in you know, the screen. Like, I don't, I don't, What one thing I don't get about Kyrie and about the larger NBA, we talk about, you know, John Morant being the, you know, I guess the like for like replacement of a point guard shoe at Nike. Man, how nice must it be to be a Grizzlies fan with John Morant? Like he's just good. I mean, he gets better hurt than a Knicks sometimes. fan with RJ
1: Barrett. Bah. That's for sure. That's for sure.
2: But like, I don't know. I, I don't remember what it was like to have like a an unproblematic, like like star star point guard. It, it it must be nice. It must be nice. But I don't know where his value's at because yeah, I like, hate it who's taking that ways. risk.
1: Darren, yeah, that's a remember the was it? It was Darren and Carmelo. That was the argument at that time. Like, who was the better? He beefed pickup. with
0: Carmelo. Yeah. No, he beefed with uh Paul Pierce. He beefed with a couple people. That's because he had them hands. He won oh, the box. Yeah. He's doing UFC now. It was
1: boxing right? Who did he fight? Who did uh, he, he, he? He fought, fought uh, running he back. Beat, uh, he, beat, uh, he beat Frank Gore. Frank, Frank Gore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they got. I hope they
2: got the bag. Frank Gore had nothing for him. But, Frank has uh, got CTE five times over. I don't know <laughs> what Frank Kort's bringing. He, he got he got um twenty thousand dollars, with. <laughs> All right, let's get back on
0: track here. So uh, we pretty much hit everything. Now we'll look ahead to tonight's game against the Hornets. Uh, they're expecting a blowout. Money line Nets are minus five twenty five. The spread is Nets minus nine and a half. They're expecting the Nets to go out there. And run them off the floor over under set at 221 and a half. I don't know. What are you guys thinking? I mean, the Hornets, it's, it's, a, it's the Hornets. We've already, I think we faced them earlier this year in Charlotte, maybe. Yeah, we have. Your thoughts about how this game is going to go tonight.
1: I mean, when you talk about just as much as we've had some drama with the Nets and there's some frustration about them maybe not being, you said at least it's not RJ Barrett. At least they're not the Hornets. Or the you know the the Knicks are as the Knicks are on the the treadmill of mediocrity with no way to get off. I don't know what the what do the Hornets have like you know Lamelo Ball? There was a, a flash there for a minute, but I don't know what people. Feel he got about hurt him. right when yeah. he
0: came back. They're seven and seventeen.
1: Yeah, if they can't beat the Hornets, it, it will be. I mean, it would. You say never know Nets. I wouldn't put it past them. I'm not going to be surprised <laughs> if the Nets if lose they come to the out flat Yeah, but the Nets should absolutely blow the Hornets out.
0: Somebody <laughs> will have their career high. Some random player on the Hornets. Let me try and guess who that's going to be.
2: <laughs> your thoughts, Hudson? They got to win these games, man. I mean, the Nets just like they just got at a certain point. You just got to beat the teams on your schedule. You got to beat the teams that you got to beat. You know honestly if there's any basketball game i'm more excited to in this look ahead it's uh against the uh the hawks at least i feel like i feel like there's more of a game there you know just just for the nets to to be involved in i think aj griffin's exciting i don't know this this hornets game is oh doing yeah and they're going through a couple me.
0: issues with uh trey young and their head coach and uh why can't i think of their Nate head mcmillan coach? nate mcmillan uh, and well, I don't know, maybe we catch them right now at a time because they had high expectations for DeJounte Murray and, uh, him joining Trey Young. And I mean, they're not bad, but they're
2: a team with the same record as the Nets, not for nothing.
0: Right. I was about to, say, li- you literally took the next thing out of uh, my mouth. Like the next thing I was going to say. So like, look at the standings. The Nets are a game over 500. The last time we played the Hornets, we were four and six and, uh, are sixth place in the East. I mean, the the Nets are in it in the standings. Um, and I know it's early. The standings do not matter right now. Uh, but the Hornets are in the bottom. Like, there are this group of three that, like, everyone should beat. The Orlando Magic, the Detroit Pistons, the Charlotte Hornets. And I made this episode uh, Nets win streak and start a new one because coming up, you have the Hornets. And then you'll also get the Wizards again, the Raptors again, and the Pistons again. Before you have to face Steph Curry and Giannis and uh, the new Cavaliers, that's going to be a little tougher stretch at the end of the month. But they got to beat the Hornets, the Hawks, the Pacers, the Wizards, the Raptors, and the Pistons right now. And when you look at the uh, Eastern Confer- Conference standings, the Atlanta Falcons are in fourth place. They're Hawk. Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> Atlanta Hawks <laughs> are in fourth place. Uh, I host a radio show at night. We're talking about the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, Atlanta Hawks. Marcus
1: Mariota on the mind.
0: The Atlanta Hawks are fourth place. They're 13 and 11. The Nets are 13 and 12, a couple spots behind them. Everybody's like neck and neck in the the middle there. Uh, You got to win these games now. The Nets had a season last year where they had 11 game losing streak. They didn't handle business early. And then you get late in the season, you're trying to win games, and you can't really improve your position because things start to get locked up with the last month of the year to go. So you got to take
2: advantage now. If you I got think both your stars on the court, you got to win these games, right? We can't rely yeah. on that later in the season. We can't, we can't, like, all the games count the same. We can't assume that we're going to have them healthy all season, you know? Say yeah, that, right, big fat.
1: Real real teams, by the way, deal with the injuries. Like you see the Grizzlies last year without John Morant, they still look like a real team. You know, when you the Boston Celtics, they haven't had everybody. They're still gonna be a real team. The Milwaukee Bucks didn't have Chris Middleton, they were a real team the whole time. Like that, that's a that's a culture. Because they thing. had a
0: real coach, Robin.
1: Yes, and, and I'm with you on Jock Vaughn. But you look at the East, it's right now it's Boston and Milwaukee. And we'd be getting way ahead of ourselves if we were putting the Nets on that level. We cannot put them on that level until they prove they're on that level. But right below Boston and Milwaukee, I think it's the Nets and the Cavs. You know, Donovan Mitchell's been great this year. The Cavs look good. Uh, You know, Cleveland fans should be excited. But I I think the the Nets are the the next team right in that mix. So it's not – the Heat just lost to the Pistons. I think Jimmy Butler didn't play in that game. You're you're getting towards worry time for the Heat in that current incarnation of the roster. So I I don't see why – You can't say the Nets are a top-four team in the East right now, or at least they should be.
2: I mean, think about being a three-seed going into the playoffs. Honestly, I'd be ecstatic with that. Hell yeah. Considering where this team was at, like, that'd be great. This year, if, if April comes around and we're in the top, and I don't know, we'll see how
0: it shakes out. But if we end up facing, I don't know, the Hornets or somebody from the bottom that comes up, cool, we want to advance, right? That's the whole thing with the Nets in this KD era. It's been bogus as hell because the furthest they've gotten is the second round. <laughs> like you haven't even, you know, all this talk of championship and even Kyrie. Yeah, I want to bring the Nets back to the finals. Bro, what? All this talk about getting to the finals, winning the championship, the first championship for the Nets. It's been turmoil. It's been nonsense. It's been garbage. So uh, this is an interesting year, though, right? This is supposed to be the all-in year, the run-it-back year. Uh, KD requested a trade before this year but he's still here and for me all I want out of this year is for them to convince KD hey stay this Nets world has been built this is your kingdom bro shout out to Nets kingdom I see Saint in the uh comments like I'm hoping that KD realizes the Nets world is his kingdom stay we'll build around you you know you tried with Kyrie you tried we all did <laughs> we still got you under contract for another three seasons so If they can somehow figure out what moves to make this year, get the most out of the talent that they have, there is a chance that they can challenge. And it's the NBA. Every single year, somebody gets hurt in the playoffs. Every single year, um, trades happen and moves are made that change the the complexion of the NBA where you can't call it. We know who the usual suspects are. Yeah, we expect Boston and Milwaukee to be there, but we'd expect them to be there the last few years and, and beyond. So it's not surprising anybody who's going to be at the top. The Cavaliers in the mix, okay. But the Nets can be potentially right there. And that's the whole fun of following the team, watching the team, and uh, being in the season. Tonight, Ben Simmons is still out. Yuta is still out. Evan Sumner is still out. But like Hudson said, you got to win the games with your stars on the floor. The Hornets will not have LaMelo Ball. They will not have Gordon Hayward, Hayward. They will not have Dennis Smith Jr. or Cody Martin. So they're going to take L's, and we got to find a way to that, win. That
1: doesn't say much role. for the Hornets that you got to say. There will be without Dennis Smith Jr. and Cody Martin.
0: <laughs> but those
2: are those as are long as they're not guys, without those commentators.
0: Those are their guys. Those are like <laughs> Dennis Smith Jr. was getting a lot of run for them. The first yeah. time we played them, he was getting a lot of run for them. Um, those are those are guys that they clearly need. Uh, I don't even know who they're running out there with now. P.J. Washington, Kelly Oubre, Terry Rozier. Plumley, Plumley shooting with his left hand. All right, that's all we got. Another game coming up, 4-4-4 on the clock. Uh, Excited to watch the game. Shout out to everybody that's been showing up to Brooklyn and filling up the arena and being loud. We got another game Friday in Brooklyn. This one tonight is in Brooklyn. And the last game of this, uh, you know, long homestand is, is Friday against the Hawks. So, you already know how we do. Talking Nets, that's a wrap. Let's go Nets.
1: Let's go go Nets. Brooklyn.